You're listening to the Bitching and Bolusing Podcast with Courtney and Brittany. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Bitching and Bolusing Podcast. I'm Brittany. And I'm Courtney. And today we are going to chat about Brittany's favorite topic. Oh, I'm really, really, <laughs> I'm very excited about this episode, guys. And there, there's a couple of reasons I'm excited. I hope everyone sticks with us because I know my opinion is unpopular. And I'm excited about this because <laughs> Courtney and I don't exactly meet necessarily eye to eye. I think we're like eye to chin level. We're like, we're close. <laughs> we're semi-aligned. We're semi-aligned. semi-aligned <laughs> but we're like not quite there yet. And so I'm really excited about this because we are going to be talking about the caregiver parent terms and what that yes. looks like. And this kind of came together because in our episode with Wes, somebody, I probably was Wes, talked about... <laughs> Probably Wes. Hey, Wes. <laughs> Talked about <laughs> parents and caregivers and how, you know, parents should just call themselves parents and not caregivers. Yes. I am on board with that. Courtney is almost on board. She's got, like, a <laughs> toe in the water still. <laughs> yes. Which is why Wes called me out in that episode, and dear listeners. <laughs> yes. He absolutely did. And so I'm excited about this because I'm, I'm there with Wes. And I think... The term caregiver should be used in certain situations. I think the term caregiver should not be used in other situations. Hear me out. (laughs) (laughs) There are, so we're in the U.S., right? And so there are things like caregiver insurance, caregiver pay. Think that it's a very important term to be used in those situations, right? Because... We need that. We need the extra resources. We need the extra funding. A lot of us, we gave up our careers. We're we're home full-time. You know, if we never intended to be a full-time stay-at-home mom, now we are, right? Yeah. And so there's a lot of that. Even when the boys were born, um, Kyle applied for temporary caregiver insurance. So I don't remember. I think he got like four or six weeks of temporary caregiver pay um, because he doesn't get paid for paternity leave. These things are very important. I think in terms of schooling, Very important to do that because if you have a disabled child, resources should be provided to parents. And they're not. And we shouldn't have to go through schooling not knowing what IEPs are or what that looks like or what the advocacy for that looks like. We should not have to pay for advocates to help defend our children. I firmly believe And they never will because it's not in their best interest. But I firmly believe all school systems should provide an advocate for a parent to help navigate the school system and help navigate IEPs. These are the areas that I think it's important to use these terms. In medical professionals, sure, I think it's very important to use that too. But I am seeing a lot of people use this term at home, on social media, you know... Kind of in those places where it's like, well, what are you, what are you getting? What are you gaining from this? Okay. And so hear me out here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a mom, right? I'm a mom to two boys. 
And I was very much on that, like, caregiver path with Cyrus. I think especially before Alden was born, I was like, I'm a caregiver, and this is, like, this is what I do, and blah, blah, blah. Alden came along, and then I kind of started shifting my perspective of, like, well, I'm a caregiver to him, too. I'm his mom. Yeah. And it looks different. It just, the tasks look different. And if I ever have to explain it to anyone who's not going to make a difference in the world... Then I'll say, like, I have two kids, they're interabled, I have a disabled child, I'm their mom, and if it gets further than that, I say, but I have caregiver tasks. Because the tasks for both children look very different. (laughs) It does not benefit anyone within my family or within my household to call myself a caregiver. Because I'm taking care of both of my kids. And by definition... That's what being a mother is. I mean, literally, if you look it up, (laughs) the definition is that you are responsible for your children. You take care of the responsibilities of your child. Now, Courtney, I have a question for you because we're not like super on the same page. (laughs) And I know like you still sometimes refer to yourself as caregiver. You have, (laughs) you have in the past, same as me, referred to yourself as caregiver. My question for you is, you have dealt with Luca being sick before, right? Yes. Do you now, (laughs) when Luca's sick, do you now call yourself a caregiver? No. Okay. So why are you not a caregiver? (laughs) (laughs) So why are you not a caregiver for him in those moments that he's sick? Uh, This is such a valid point. And this is why, (laughs) no, I I, I, shit you not, I don't even say it to like... (laughs) Make it sound funny. (laughs) Like, it really is a valid point, which is why Brittany was saying I kind of have, like, my toes in the water a little bit. um, Because I, I, you know, I've obviously been following Wes of Disabled Land, and I'm very close with Brittany and other accounts where this sort of topic comes up a lot. And it's made me think about a lot of things. Uh, I've even said before, I think I'm going to get there at some point (laughs) where I'll be pretty much likely on the same page. But my perspective of the caregiver versus just parent or just mom um, situation or why I identify as a caregiver in in a lot of ways outside of uh, just medical situations is the more I think about it is mostly because I I just feel like such an outsider. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel so much like an outsider in so many instances that I, even though, yes, I am just mom to my kids mm-hmm. and I'm just mom to everybody else. I don't, I, I don't know why I still cannot just feel like a parent so many times. And, and I, I search for a way to define or explain how I feel or, or call myself something outside of it, because when it is so medical, there is something about it that is so dissociating that it's like, I'm not mom. Yes. And I don't know, I don't, I do often think about this part as well, because I don't know if my career also affects how I think, because although I'm not in human medicine, I am in veterinary medicine, I have a medical mind, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I'm always thinking about things from a medical perspective already. I already, um, I do, that's just how my brain processes. I'm in medicine. So I, I 
do feel a lot of times like I become almost like a nurse, like a medical Mm -hmm. professional when I fall into that role. And that role, although is not always the primary focus, I'm not always that, right? Sometimes I really am just mom. It just always feels like it's there. Yeah. No, and I and, get and, that. And then I, yeah, of course. Yeah. No, and I'm sure you do. And I think that's why, that's why I, I, I really am on a journey of getting to the point where you kind of are now or like what Wes was talking about because I also see the complete logical explanation of like, yeah, but like I'm not really a caregiver. I really am just mom, mm-hmm. you know? And like when my kids look at me, I'm just mom. You're just their mom. And you know, like... Yeah, or like when I'm caring for Luca, Luca was just recently sick. Like mm-hmm. he was the only one sick out of all of us. God only knows even know how that happened. Mm-hmm. But he was the only one who got sick and I was just caring for him the same way, I, you know, obviously it looks a little bit different, but I uh it's pretty much the same way I'm, I care for Lino when he's sick. I'm just mom, you know, I'm I'm not a caregiver in that in that respect. But I, yeah, I just, I just struggle. I feel like, I feel like I often, I'm just looking for this way to explain. Uh, you're looking for validation. How different it feels. Yeah. yeah. For validation that like. That it just doesn't feel the same. You know, like I, I, I wanted to bring up the conversation. I don't know if you remember this, but we had a text convo with our mm-hmm. HIE moms about mm-hmm. this. You remember? I do. Um, one of the moms that's in our group, another mom in the group uh, was talking about how one of her friends, they had a little bit of a tiff. debate. <laughs> yeah, a little tiff. Little yeah, tiff. you know, a little bit of a debate because her friend, who is mother to several children, I believe, uh, was just saying like, hey, I'm a caregiver too. And yeah. now she doesn't have a medically complex or a disabled child or anything. So she's just mom taking care of her kids and uh the other HIE mom was kind of debating this because she was like well what I do is different mm-hmm. you know and and it's not that and she's it wrong is. what no. she does yeah what she it does is. is very different it looks different right mm-hmm. um and I remember this conversation specifically because I remember what I said <laughs> I remember being like well that's just bullshit I know and I was like <laughs> I get it. I'm on the fence. Like, I want to be super supportive, but I'm on the fence. Because the thing is, it's yes. so di- it is so different, guys. Listen, I have interable children, right? I have a disabled kid. I have a non-disabled kid. It does not look the same. When yeah. Alden was born, even still, to this day, I have an issue feeling like I'm an adequate enough mother to him because yep. of how different it looks compared to Cyrus. Right, it is Absolutely. it is a lot simpler. But at the end of the day, I'm still both of their moms and yeah. It looks different. I've had people come out and like say to me like I'm a disabled parent, I have a disabled child. I refer to myself as a caregiver. And it's like, but why? And that's yeah. why I say like I'm a mother, I have caregiver tasks for Cyrus. That just means that like the things I do for him are different than what I would do for Alden, right? And so here it kind of goes to, we're all trying to feel validated. And when I was calling myself a caregiver out on social media, out in public, all that, it was because I was trying to validate all of the work that I was putting into mothering Cyrus and how different it looked. And I was trying to get that validation that it wasn't easy. And all of that is because 
I bought into this societal story of how motherhood should look. Yes. There is no fucking rule book on what motherhood should look like. It is literally just what's spoon-fed to us as normalcy. But but that's not guaranteed. If you have a non-disabled child, it is not guaranteed your kid is going to stay not disabled for the rest. Like, nothing Uh, is guaranteed in life. And so that's kind of why I bring it up to you, Courtney, and I say, you know, when Luca's sick, do you now refer to yourself as a caregiver? Or are you just mom taking care of your sick kid? And then it's like, you're just mom taking care of your kid who's sick with a cold or what? I mean, Alden and I, we both got the flu last year or something that I thought was the flu. I did not all of a sudden become his caregiver. You know, both of of the boys had ear infections at the same exact time. (laughs) I was not a caregiver for Cyrus and like just mom for Alden. I was a mom for both of those boys taking care of them, giving them antibiotics, doing all of that. So now you get into like, okay, well, what qualifies yourself as a caregiver if you're referring that to yourself within the household, right? Or within like a friend group or a family group or something like that. Okay, is it the length of the disability? We can talk about that. Is it the scope of the disability? We can talk about that too. But I guess my point is that the term is totally good to use and should be used where it has to be used. If we're, when it needs to be. When it needs to be. If we're looking for that validation outside of it, we don't need that from our kids, I don't think, right? Like, I don't need the validation from Cyrus that I'm doing a good enough job for him. Yeah. <laughs> or no. from Alden. Yeah. You know? And so that's yeah. why I've completely done away with using that term unless I need to. Like, I do still use it with doctors a lot. I'll use that term because there's kind of this, I don't want to say like added respect level, but it's almost like they think that you know what you're doing a little bit more than if you just refer to yourself as mom, you know, like if I'm like, oh, well, I'm my kid's caregiver. They're all of a sudden like, oh, so you know how to change his G-tube. That's great. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah, you know, so like that's appropriate. And so it looks so much different. And I, I'm, this is not for me to like say it doesn't because it does. And I'm constantly struggling with that with, with Alden and even with Cyrus, I'm still like, am I, am I doing it right? Am I not doing it right? Am I doing enough? Am I not doing enough? You know? So it's not to say that there was a a post recently that you and I had shared together, Courtney, right? Where they were talking (laughs) about the term special needs. I'm nervous because we, we, we share a lot of posts. We do share a lot of posts. Some of them are really bad. (laughs) Where is this going? Yeah. So there was a post. I'm, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have seen it because this is a very large profile that shared it. And It was a post about the term special needs and essentially saying how verbiage is not important, right? It doesn't matter what the verbiage is. I guarantee you every fucking one of those parents that was in support of that would be the same fucking parents that will come at me right now and say, Mm -hmm. I'm a caregiver. How dare you call me just a mom? I am a caregiver. Or I'm a cerebral palsy mom. Yes. Or I'm a HIE mom. Or Which I I only reference HIE moms just to say that it's the group. (laughs) I actually, (laughs) like I don't call myself an HIE mom, but. There certainly are people who do. They um, are. You know, and yeah. those are the people who are going to say, yes, verbiage doesn't matter. But, yeah, but then they'll come at me and say, well, it does matter. 
I'm not just a mom. Yeah. I'm a caregiver. So when is it? Does uh, it does it uh, matter when you want it when to it matter? Suits you. <laughs> it matters when it suits me. Yeah, exactly. And so this this is kind of what I'm all getting at is that it's like it looks different, but if we're calling ourselves a caregiver within the home, within our friend groups, within our family groups, on social media, who are we doing that for? Are we doing it for our kids? I know for sure yeah. Cyrus doesn't call me a caregiver. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, that that's what I keep saying is, you know, ultimately the more I think about it is I'm just mom yeah. to my kids. And that's always going to be the truth. I'm just going to be mom. Um, but you make a really good point when it's the whole image of what you thought motherhood would look like is shattered. Mm-hmm. And you have to take on so many additional roles and learn so many additional skills that you did not anticipate. And all you want is just to feel like someone understands how different you thought it would be and how difficult it has been. Mm -hmm. And you, you do end up in a situation. And again, I, God, it's always social media, but I do blame social media a lot for this. Because then you start seeking out uh, other parents, and you start seeking out support, and you start seeing the verbiage they use. Mm-hmm. You know, it's even how I started using special needs way back when. I didn't use any term. I used I used zero term. It was, it was just Lino. It was just my son. He he didn't have special needs. He didn't have anything. He was just Lino. Like I honestly, genuinely didn't use any term, which I don't know is a good thing or a bad thing. But it, it, it I started with the special needs by like seeing it online. Mm-hmm. You know, people being like, "Oh, it's my special needs child," or blah 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 blah. blah you know, and it's the same. It, it's very similar with the caregiver term. Was you know you're you're searching for a way to to find your new identity. Identity and your community. Because you are a new person. Yeah, mm-hmm. you you want your community and your who you were prior to your child's disability is very different. And you're you know you're trying to make people understand. But the thing is, is that the ones who don't understand are never going to understand unless they're 100%. in that situation. So that's why I'm saying, but like, all, who does this behoove? Like, like, who does it actually? Yeah. Yeah. And and wh- what does it actually help them understand, too? Because let's be honest, the, the levels of a caregiver are vary. Yeah. Right? So, like, if you're a caregiver, the, the what you have to do in your day-to-day varies, no matter who you're caring for, you know? Whether it's a mother with Alzheimer's or a, uh, you know... I don't know, your spouse with uh, some sort of medical emergency. Like, the the caregiver tasks that you have to take on every day are going to look different depending on your situation anyway. So what are you actually explaining by saying I'm a caregiver? Mm -hmm. How does that actually define anything? (laughs) Because it could mean anything. It could be I'm a caregiver, you know, just to to my kids that are non-disabled. So I, I, I... totally I totally uh, I will get there I know you will <laughs> I know you will like- it's, it's such a process it really is such a process because you know I've already I, I'll tell you this I used to even as recently as probably about like six months ago actually probably even less than that even as recently let's say about like four months ago I was even using the hashtag caregiver and I've gone as far as actually doing away with all hashtags. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just because I, I don't know what my hashtag should be right now. I'm I'm in a having a huge developmental. You're transitioning. Phase of my life. <laughs> I am, and and uh, mostly because this podcast, which was why I immediately jumped on board when we talked about it, because that was the whole point. The whole point of this podcast was to change my perspective and to better myself and to to grow. You know, and and since then I've now do not use pretty much any hashtags, but I definitely did away with the caregiver hashtag. I know. So there's that. I'm see small steps. Small steps, but okay. But like, <laughs> so, <laughs> here's the thing: is that, and I I am 100. If you are listening to this podcast, I promise you, you are doing an amazing job as a as a parent. I like. Yeah. I cannot make a stronger promise than that, but if you're listening to this podcast, you are crushing it. You are doing amazing. You are an excellent mom or dad who's caring for your child. See? See what I did there? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not calling you guys caregivers, (laughs) but you are caring for your child. Um, And that's the thing is that it's always, we're never going to feel good enough. It's never going to look like what we thought it was supposed to look like. But again, there's no rules. There's no rules of what it's supposed to look like. The thing is, is that when you have a kid, if you're a good parent, <laughs> like you take care of your child no matter what that looks like. Yeah. That is what mothering is supposed to look like. It is supposed to look like taking care of your child no matter the circumstances. There is no rules. There is no guarantee saying your child won't be disabled. There's no guarantees that's saying your child will outlive you. I hate to say it, but there's no promise in life. There's no promise in life of what parenting looks like. And, you know, I, I started thinking about when, when you say it that way, the first thing that pops in my head is when people are like, I don't know how you do it. And my response is always, you would do it fucking too. Like, you would too. What the fuck? Yeah. You would do it too because it's your kid. Yep. Right? And that's kind of the same thought process. That's parenting. You would do it because it's your kid. How do I do it? I do it because it's my goddamn kid. And yep. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I have to do to care for my kids. And you would too. <laughs> and that's just being a parent. That's just being a parent. And that's, that's exactly what you're trying to say. But that that's the thing that pops in my head is I'm always, you know, I say it. <laughs> so I don't know why I call myself a caregiver. Okay, so here's, so here's the other thing. This is why I have more of an issue with parents calling themselves caregivers. Because we sign up to be a parent, right? And you yeah. can sit there and you can say, well, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> And it's like, but nobody promised you that. Nobody promised that that it would look differently. Nobody. Yeah. You know, and like, no, and no. some people ha- could have had choices. You know, like I know for you and I, Courtney, like this was completely unexpected. But it was also never guaranteed in life that this yeah. wouldn't happen to us, right? That is what we signed up for. We signed up for having children and taking care of our children. If it were Alden, if it were. A grandparent even, if it were an aunt, an uncle, anyone like that, then that's where I would start to say like, okay, the caregiver term is more appropriate, right? Because we asked for children, right? 
Alden never asked for a sibling, and Cyrus never asked for a sibling. Like, nobody asks to be born into this world, and certainly not born yeah. disabled, but nobody asks to be born into this world. So we're, we're kind of essentially forcing existence onto everyone that we give birth to, you know? And it's like Alden, he never asked for the life that he was born into, and so if he chooses to take care of his brother as he gets older, that's his choice to make. That's yeah. where the caregiver term's appropriate for him because he didn't ask for it, and that's a choice that he gets to make, you know? Yeah. That's kind of where I, I, I have an issue and where I draw the line with it. You know, yeah. like I, I, I know it doesn't look like anything I expected it would look like, but yeah, yeah. when I got pregnant and even when I got pregnant with Alden, I mean, it was like, I'm going to love this baby no matter what. I'm going to take care of this baby no matter what. Yeah. I, I wonder if a lot of this comes from, I guess, I guess it is technically political, but it, it's more like a governmental sort of situation and allow me to kind of elaborate a little bit better. Uh, I was just recently reading an article about um, a program in Florida for specific birth injuries where they, they, they help support families, right? But I was reading this article about it, and it was talking about how they were trying to make the shift of not institutionalizing uh, disabled kids, which was very popular in the 70s and 80s, mm-hmm. to transition it to at-home care, right? So essentially giving them an at-home caregiver, Right. And that's kind of what you're saying. You know, there's so many political there's so many federal or governmental programs that consider you a caregiver mm-hmm. because you have a disabled child. Mm-hmm. And and I do wonder if a, a lot of this is that shift of so now so many families. For obvious fucking reasons, if you don't know this, do not want to institutionalize right. their children and choose to take the role on, obviously, the fuck we won't talk about that right now (laughs) but i don't know why anybody would want to institutionalize their child (sighs) deep breath courtney (laughs) deep breath mama (laughs) (laughs) but i i do wonder if that's where a lot of this started coming up because now it wasn't it's not like you saw many people maybe in your life growing up that were caring for a disabled child. And I think it's it's definitely become more of a movement to give these kids better opportunities and to have them live normal lives and to, to us as parents to advocate and fight like animals to, to give them the best of the best. I wonder if that shift in just society was where it left a whole community of parents that didn't know how to identify with the world. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there was before, you know, in the 60s, 70s, earlier than that, even into the 80s, it was very, like, you were shamed by society to have a disabled child. You know, I mean, that's yeah. it. Like, I just saw something recent, like, recently where, you know, they were talking about you know, the older generation being like, oh, well, autism wasn't an issue when I, you know, was younger. And then it's like, well, the kids got institutionalized. Yeah. Or or just kept home, not put at school, like, you know. I, I think that that's kind of when this quote unquote normal version of mothering, parenting, I think that that's really when it started to develop because kids that were disabled, kids that had behavioral issues going on, 
they were institutionalized most of the time. Yeah. Or they were they were never home or just, they were they never were, yeah, dealt with. They were just not out in society. Yeah. They were so hidden it's away. Like, so then it's like you have the like literal generational <laughs> shit going on of like this is what being a mom looks like because being a mom to disable a disabled kid, well, we'll just close the door on them. Yeah. It was hidden. And it people, was hidden. There was parents that just went through it and the whole world went on never understanding mm-hmm. what it actually looked like. And the problem with that is then then you don't get the support that mm-hmm. you need. And we you know, yes, we have we definitely have more support than than families in like the seventies, eighties, nineties, even early two thousands, I would say. Um, but that is also part of the struggle, I think, is wanting to advocate for yourself as a parent to be able to give everything your child needs to them. You know, so you want to give them everything. Mm-hmm. They need. And, and there, there really is this like, it's like murky water. Where it you're is. Like, I don't know where I fit in. And cause you just don't feel like you fit in. You don't feel like you fit in anywhere because you were never shown the different types of motherhood. Exactly. And it's like culture yeah. shock, right? Absolute yeah. culture shock. You have no support. You have no help. You have no guidance. I mean, God, I wish that somebody like handed me a fucking pamphlet in the NICU being like, here's what to expect. Like, you know, yeah. like here's some, I mean, re- anything. here's some phone numbers to call if you need help. Like the same thing going into fucking school is like, I wish somebody was like, here are some resources. Read these books. <laughs> like, call these people. I never had that, and none of us ever get that, unfortunately. So there's there's no exact version of motherhood, right? And and it's funny because I, I know I keep touching on this with the, you know, interabled boys that I have, but I literally just had a conversation last night with my husband, and I've been struggling a lot during the summer, just feeling like I'm not doing it enough for the boys and that the things that I'm doing for both children, not just Cyrus, but I literally said to my husband, I'm like, I'm just doing a lot of shit for them. That's not shit that they care about, (laughs) right? Like, it's like, I'm like feeding everyone. I'm changing diapers. I'm doing meds. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Like I- Blending food. Yeah. I (laughs) feel like I'm- Blend food. (laughs) Yes. I feel like I'm constantly going through my days and like, thank God I have my mom to kind of like- pick up the fun pieces, right, to, like, interact mm-hmm. with the boys the way that I would like to interact with them. But I just said to him last night, I'm like, I am feeling so inadequate of, like, being yeah. that that fun mom. Let's do crafts. Let's do this. And now, it's like... summer. Let's go outside. Let's go in the pool. Let's do this. Exactly. Yeah. And, like, listen, I, like... I spent the beginning of the summer and I turned like we have, you know, an upper deck and a lower deck and I turned our upper deck, which is right off of the house. And I like made it an entire fun outdoor area. Like I, I'm, I'm doing it, but I'm still not feeling good enough because I'm feeling like I'm doing other shit that they don't care yeah. about. But the thing is, is that that's for both kids. It's not yeah. just for Cyrus. Okay. It's like, I have to wash laundry for both of the kids, right? And it's like, maybe that's a good example. Like, Cyrus is in 4T and Alden's in 18 months. And it's like, well, it's still a shitload of laundry. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, it's like, it's not different. And it's the same thing. It's like, it's it's a shitload of stuff to do for both kids. It just looks different. The sizes are different. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, but I'm still their mom. I'm not a better mom to Cyrus, 
because I do all of this stuff. And I'm not a worse mom to Cyrus because I do all of this stuff. I'm just his fucking mom. And that's just what you need to do. Yeah. It's just the job I signed up for. I didn't know it would look like this because nobody warned me. Nobody warned me. Nobody came up to me and said, hey, listen, nothing's guaranteed in life. You know? It also wasn't... uh exemplified in any way growing up no I'm sure you probably agree mm-hmm. because in my childhood that, that it wasn't like that you know every every version of a mom or even a parent for that matter it, it just looked very mostly typical mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. mostly just mom and you know you don't you didn't see a lot of the behind the scenes and stuff like that of how really motherhood is God, it is such a range. It's like, messy I, I really, too. With like, really, no matter yeah, who, like, no matter what your kid is, it's such like. a disservice. It really is such a disservice that we do to our children by not discussing stuff like this. Yeah, I know. Like, I, I, I really mean it. I mean it even in like a school setting. Like, I, I remember, which I don't even know if they have this anymore. But like, I remember like home ec. And we used to, like, cook and, like, do, like, at-home things. But conversation, like, real conversations did not happen. No. I, do, I don't get why. <laughs> I I'm just going to just gonna say that very simply and plainly. I'm, I don't really get why because I sit here like you and I think if somebody just spoke about it. Yeah. You know, and I, and this is really across the board at becoming a parent. Like somebody spoke about possibility of birth injury. Mm -hmm. If somebody spoke about possibility of any disability, if somebody like, if we just really talked about these fucking things that are real life, it would be so different how you receive when life just fucking happens. Yeah. <laughs> because I know. That, that's what it is, that's right? It. It's just life. That's just all, it's just shit happening. But we don't talk about it enough. And then you do end up feeling so isolated and mm-hmm. you, you don't know where you stand in society. You don't mm-hmm. know how you fit in. You don't know what you're supposed to fucking do with yourself because. Your whole life, you were pretty much put in a bubble. Absolutely. Unless you had experience with disability, whether you had a sibling. I mean, Courtney, your uncle's disabled, and you're yeah. still saying this. See? See, Britt? So even when you do have an experience, it, how your family and the people around you approach that experience also matters. Yeah. You know, yeah. it matters a lot. And I know for a fact, like, uh, my dad has spoken about how difficult it was for my uncle and for my grandparents mm-hmm. because there there was such a fucking stigma not that there isn't a stigma now but shit was that stigma drastic back then you know and my uncle was just like many disabled kids now but he he was tormented he was you know People were, were incredibly rude to him. And my grandparents, they did hide a lot of what they did for him because they, they wanted to protect him. They wanted him to be as normal as possible. And not because they desired him to not have a disability. It's more because they knew what society was going to do to him. Yeah, that's it too. It's like growing up, I know you and I both, things are a little bit different now. But even still, like there's so much segregation Right? There's oh God, so yeah. much segregation still going on 
between people who are disabled and people who are not disabled. And I think that that's where I kind of have an issue with this because why are we now segregating ourselves as mothers with our disabled children? You know, it should not be in the home. Like I said, use it where it counts. Medical professionals, 100%. You know, passing laws and bills, 100%. Even in schools, 100%. I go into that school and I'm like, listen, I'm not a typical mom. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like I'm a caregiver mom because, you know, I'm watching all of you. Yeah. You know, like, like it, it's, and that's, that's it. Like, I have to make sure that everyone knows that I will keep them on their toes. And, and that's where I use the terms. But outside of that, within ourselves and within our families, we are segregating ourselves by calling ourselves yeah. caregivers. And then the trickle down effect is that we are now segregating our children yeah. within their own family. You know, we're now saying, well, you're not just my kid. You're my kid that I take care of. But, like, I fucking take care of both of my kids. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, you know what I mean? So it's it's this trickle-down effect where, like, we have to be really, 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 really careful <laughs> that we're not doing that within our own family and within our, internally within ourselves. We can sit there and we can say, this looks a lot fucking different because it does. But yeah. it's also just the way that our parenting looks it just because it looks different doesn't mean we're not parents well and there's also that element of I've now started to think a lot about this since starting my caregiver journey or journey to (laughs) not being a caregiver I'm not sure what you would want to call it but uh, since I started this journey is I, I do really think a lot about how that reflects on Lino, like how he feels about that Mm -hmm. and, and, and what that would ultimately do to him if I continued on the path of constantly calling myself a caregiver and not just being mom because that has to have an effect and and on his brother mm-hmm. you know like I, you know I I'm I am raising two kids and no matter what you want to say you want to say verbiage doesn't matter you want to say whatever the fuck it is you people are saying out there now to try <laughs> to like justify w- that what you're doing I don't even know what it is anymore the truth of the matter is what you say in front of your kids mm-hmm. affects your kids. Mm-hmm. Do not, for a goddamn second, think otherwise. Mm-hmm. You want to bullshit yourself into some sort of false narrative that verbiage doesn't matter. But then they'll say it does matter for this. Precisely. It, yeah. It's it's when it suits you. And, and I, I, I'm just so tired of the the excuses to do what you want say what you want sort of bs and and listen it's 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 fucking shitty i'm not gonna lie i don't i still want to i still want to be a caregiver (laughs) i know i know this sounds i sound like a crazy person right like let's actually think about what i've been saying this episode i'm like i don't agree i agree i don't agree i agree right this is you're literally watching my brain unfold (laughs) And, like, the growth happened. Because it's the truth. I want to agree because this is, these are logical points. But then there's still a part of me that just feels so goddamn isolated and so different that I don't know how to define myself. Yeah. I don't know how to define myself. But in the end, when when you really brass tacks, right, When in the end, 
This is a me problem. This isn't like, this is me. This is an issue within me. It's not necessarily reflective of what I do for my children. It shouldn't, it shouldn't have to be related to being a caregiver to my child. These are my own insecurities that I'm working on. This is my own way of how I'm figuring out how to re-engage with society and what my role is. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, why am I using my disabled child to do that? Mm-hmm. That's the question. I think it's you and I think it's society. I, I'm not, I think it's, I think, I mean, come on. Like the caregiver documentary, like that right there just explains there is no support at all. Do you know yeah. how many times I go through my day? No support and no acceptance. There's no support, no acceptance. There are so many times I go through every single day being like, I'm going to fucking work myself to an early grave because of this. Because I am oh, I am yeah. a small person, right? Like, I am, I am, like, 106 pounds soaking wet. I'm 4'11". Like, <laughs> I am not, like, Cyrus is already, like, way too heavy for me to be doing what I'm doing. Like, I'm constantly lifting. I'm constantly... And I sit there, and every day I'm thinking, like, how the fuck am I going to do this in a year, yeah. in 10 years, in 20 years? Yeah. What the hell am I going to do? And I'll tell you right now... There is not a single person out there who's coming up to me and helping me and telling me, well, here's your options. Here's, you know, like yeah. there are these lifts and there, I have to do that research on my own. Yep. There's no help with that. And so I get that aspect of it. It's extremely isolating. It's extremely scary. I, I will use that word. It's terrifying. It's terrifying yeah. to think about what the future looks like. No parent should also have to go through their days. You know, I know I know you and I, Courtney, were in the, you know, HIE community and I at least once every few months we see of another child that's died because of HIE. Yes. Let me tell exactly. you if we didn't experience HIE, we would never have to have these thoughts on our mind. And so yeah. we're going through our days in constant trauma, constant fight or flight, and and constant grief, knowing our kid could be next. We don't know. We have no idea. Like, it's it's terrifying. It is fucking terrifying because the truth is they could be. They could. It's it's scary as fuck. And so that's why I want to validate that, like, it is not easy. It looks so much different. But I'm going to go back to saying, like, nobody ever guaranteed that it wouldn't look like that. And maybe yeah. if we change that mindset, I mean, think about it. Like, if it, if it, if roles were reversed and, like, the way that we mother looked more normal within society and was more commonplace, like, then we wouldn't be feeling wouldn't this, feel this way. way. You know, or it wouldn't be as drastic or we'd be able to at least handle it better. It's the truth. You know, society has failed in particular. I feel like when we're talking about this today on this episode, we're talking a lot about moms and women and and society has failed women. Yeah. On so many levels, Mm -hmm. but particularly when it comes to getting pregnant, birthing, and parenting like they they yeah they're like hey we're gonna kind of show you how the reproductive system works and then you're good to go you know god i i'm not a i'm really usually not a very political person but i'm gonna say this shit because i'm just you can hear i'm heated today (laughs) i'm gonna say it so it's i'm gonna fucking say it but schools are just trying to like censor teaching shit and i'm 
fucking over it yeah. because the problem is that we should be more transparent about a lot of fucking shit. Yeah. And this is also one of them. And I'm not saying, hey, let's talk about fucking being a mom when you're six years old. I'm not saying that. But guess what? When they're in high school, <laughs> yeah. guess what? They should be talking about this shit because start, start preparing kids for what parenting is really like and and there should be more courses like this in college there really should fucking universities like the fuck yeah there should (laughs) get on it like we should be having more discussions about and i and yes i'm only talking about school this is obviously extends beyond that but school is a is a really good start and i'm sorry i got really messy there for a second and political (laughs) because i i i I just very fired up today (laughs) (laughs) no but and and that's the thing is like i've brought this up before on my own social media i've had a lot of people come at me about it not being happy about it and there's reasons to not be happy and and i don't think that i have anything to do with their frustrations i don't i think that their frustrations lie within the system and that's fine like be mad about the system use the term caregiver where it counts but do not segregate yourself as a mother from your child and do not segregate your child from you. You know, like they are still yeah. just your kid. It looks a hell of a lot different than you thought it would, but they're still your fucking kid, you know? And when you're sitting there fighting for your kid to be accepted into society and to not be segregated and then you're kind of doing the same to yourself, mm-hmm. like you're like, the opposite, you know, I, it's, it's such a conundrum. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Nobody says that it would ever look this way. But you also don't see it represented in society, too, Mm-mm. which is falls back to the whole representation does matter. Yeah. Because, you know, when you look at TV, movies, like all these things, you don't see roles like ours. No. No, I've had moms. That is not commonplace. Had moms come at me and say like, "Well, I'm a caregiver because I have to sit there and I have to to count seizures with my kids, or I have to do this." And it, and it's like, yeah, but whoever said you wouldn't have to? And that's where my point well, lies. Yeah. Like, whoever said you wouldn't have to do that? Where's the yeah. written rule that says you wouldn't have to? Like, is it a very shitty, very unpleasant human experience? Absolutely. I never want to see my kid suffer. I never want to see my kid have a seizure. Courtney, you know what we've been dealing with, like vomiting and stuff. Like every ounce of my being cannot stand it because I I can't fix it. And all I want to do is fix it. But whoever said that I wouldn't be seeing these things? Society told you that Mm -hmm. it wasn't going to look like that. You know, the the image that you're brought up with, that was... That all plays into it. It's just truth. And that is why representation matters. Yeah. It matters so much. Because we won't be able to find acceptance until it is more just, it's commonplace. And people understand that parenting is not one size fits all at all. Not even close. But it's, it's such a valid point that... We don't know how to fit in because we've just never seen anything like what we do. Yeah. And and so I guess, like, for me, you know, I, I know you're going back and forth, right? And so for me, I go back and forth, too, with certain things because it's like I think that it's important to use the term where you need to use it. Yeah. But as far as having 
society see you as a mother to a child with a disability? How do you do that without downplaying what it is that you do? I don't have an answer for that right now. You know, for, for me, it's like I said, like, I will say I'm a mother. If it goes farther than that, I will say I have caregiver tasks because it's true. I like, think I do have an answer for that now that I think about it. Tell me, tell me, tell I me. Think, I think you go out there and you you advocate the way you do advocate, and maybe you already do these things, but you publicize them more. You publicize supporting that bill to mm-hmm. get support for caregivers. You publicize supporting that bill to get adult changing tables mm-hmm. in the public. Like, you publicize the fight. Mm-hmm. You don't have to publicize your child's diagnosis. You don't need to publicize their medical information. Because me supporting an adult changing table, right, and me fighting for that bill, and me showing that publicly, and me showing the world and sharing that with the world, guess what? That actually does show how hard it is. So I think that's what we got to do. Yeah. And I think it's important. Honestly. I think it's also very important to remember that, like, you don't have to prove anything to anyone you know I I know like you don't have to prove anything you you certainly don't no you know I always I always but if you choose to want to show it which is fine within like privacy of your child you know then that's but yeah show your end of it if you want to but you also don't have to prove it you don't have to prove to anybody that's you know even if you don't want to prove it or even if you don't want to publicly talk about it right I think even just participating more in that aspect will help validate your own feelings Mm -hmm. you know I think it's got it's got to feel pretty amazing to to fight and advocate for change for yourself as a parent and change for your child I think real change and real societal acceptance sadly is rooted in law and legislation unfortunately and politics It, it that's it's just the truth, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish it fucking wasn't, and it shouldn't be, but that's the way society functions. Calling yourself a caregiver doesn't do much of anything. No. Representation is where it's at. I think it go all yeah. goes back to our episode with Jamie, too, where if if you represent your family and you say there are families out there that look like ours, there are moms out there that do tasks that look like the same tasks that I do. Now suddenly that's commonplace. I I think more representation in that sense, stepping away from the caregiver side of things in terms of my kid's sick, my kid's in the hospital, I have to give medicine, I have to do this. Like just a family fucking going to the zoo you know, yeah. like that type of representation. Now suddenly I sit there and I'm like, oh, hey, mom. You know, like I'm like, yeah. yeah, we're moms. We're doing it. We're going to the zoo. We're going to the park. We're like, you know, bringing our kids to the yeah. pool and this and that. Like suddenly I'm a mom. They're a mom. I'm not a caregiver. It's when yeah. it's when we're focusing on the tasks at hand of medication and this and that and this and that. Like, if that's the representation that we're going to put out there, it's kind of the trickle-down yeah. effect of like, well, yeah, I am a caregiver. I'm not just a mom. Look at all of these things, you know? Yeah. If we're going to put all the emphasis on the medical side and the disability side, yeah. I mean, and see, look, I'm getting there. You're, you're getting me there. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you guys are watching the journey unfold. <laughs> 
But this is why it's good to talk about it. You know, you got to talk it out sometimes. It is. And again, like I said, I don't want to, like, say that the the stress of it all is not valid. It's so valid. It's so difficult. It's yeah. so valid. The resources fucking suck. But then put put the energy where it counts to get the resources to make a change and I'm telling you right now it's not within my household like me calling myself a caregiver inside my household with Cyrus or on social media like that's not gonna make any change right now like what my husband's not suddenly gonna be like oh I just passed a bill for you know caregiver insurance you can be paid to not to you know stay home with Cyrus like it it does does nothing nothing. within the household it does nothing and it does nothing in society it's really it's more uh, it's it's like you were saying it's more an internal thing it's more of a a mm-hmm. personal thing um but that shift does need to happen at some point because it just can't it can't be all about that we could do so much more with what what we have and we could do so much better yeah. we could do so much better as parents as caregivers as caregivers <laughs> as <laughs> We, but we can do so much, we could do so much better and we could do so much more. Yeah. I, I guess the whole point of this episode was for, for me was just to say like, we don't need to segregate ourselves as moms yeah. or we don't need to segregate our children within family, the family more than they're segregated within society. Like that's, that's not our job. You know, it's acknowledge all that you do as a mother. That's so important. Acknowledge it. It looks different for everybody, but acknowledge what you do. But then yeah. sit back and be like, am I calling myself a caregiver within the family and within the friends group? And if so, what's that doing? And who am I doing that for? Because I can almost yeah. guarantee, like, yeah, friends don't really give a shit. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, no, like, they, they see true. it, they care, but guess what? They're going home and they're not doing what you're doing, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, and I think uh, for me, uh, this episode was a lot about showing how I'm still on the fence because I want I want listeners to understand that just like with any other topic we deal with we're not expecting you to like listen to this and be like oh my god yes the light bulb clicked I'm no longer a caregiver I'm not calling myself that ever again like I am fixed (laughs) (laughs) we're not trying to fix you we're not trying to change your mind uh we're trying to get you to think and to see a bigger picture. And if we do change your mind, fucking awesome because we promise we're doing this only for to better the world and to better the community for ourselves and for our kids. But for me, I really just wanted to show my side being still on the fence. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, we could have had somebody that was just going to be straight combative and be like, I'm a caregiver and and challenge and have a full debate. But that's not really the point that me and Brittany are trying to make. We're not trying to debate it. We're not trying to necessarily create an argument around it as much as we are trying to show a bigger picture and kind of lay it out there and show what benefits and what damages Mm -hmm. it creates by using certain terms to describe yourself. And this also goes for describing other people. But, you know, this episode is important to show that there is a development and there's a path and it does take time. It's not like anybody wakes up one day and is just like, yes, oh my God, 
I'm not a caregiver. I'm a mom. But that's the, and that's the thing too. See, here's the thing is that I'm not saying that they're not, people aren't caregivers, but I will die on the hill saying that all parents are caregivers because they are by definition, all parents are caregivers. There are just different levels of care that happen within parenting. And I think that that's what needs to be normalized. And if, if, you know, we're all just parents caring for our kids there it is yeah right what makes it's one so parent true. a caregiver and one parent not a caregiver and I think that that's kind of where we have to sit down and say well what is it who is it helping who's it hurting you know I, I certainly don't want you know I, I'm not super big on social media and I don't keep up all the time but I certainly do not want <laughs> Cyrus, as an adult or any other disabled adult, to come to my page and sit there and say, well, that seems like a lot for her. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I don't want them to sit there and, and, and feel that caring for either child was a burden on me. Yeah. It's just my job. It's just part of my job. It's what I signed up for. I didn't think it so would look like this, but it's what I signed up for. <laughs> but that's what you did sign up. Mm-hmm. We all did, right? Yeah. Um, so so let's, let's sign off the episode saying this, right? We're going to say, no matter what the fuck you actually call yourself, <laughs> I don't really care. Ultimately, you are just a goddamn parent. Yeah. And if you're listening to this, you're a good one. <laughs> You are an awesome parent. I don't give a shit what anybody says about that. You are an you are an awesome parent and you're doing the thing and that's what matters. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for opening your minds to what we have to say. And Courtney, thank you for <laughs> letting me kind of challenge you a little bit on this. This was, you know, it was like I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And thank you guys so much for listening. It's always a pleasure having these uh, bitching and bullying chats. Until next time, guys. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Bitching and Bullying podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Bitching and Bullying and like and subscribe for future episodes.